Thanks for joining us this week, and welcome to Mutuality Matters, a weekly podcast hosted by CBE International, where our mission is to promote the biblical message that God calls women and men of all cultures, races, and classes to share authority equally in service and leadership in the home, church, and world. Let's get into this week's episode. Welcome to this week's episode of Intersectionality. I am your host, Reverend Dr. Angela Raven Anderson, and in this segment, we explore how our understanding of God and who God is calling us to be is informed at the intersection of race, gender, and religion. We examine how the combination of liberation, womanist, and egalitarian theology presents an understanding of God's kingdom that embraces, restores, uplifts, and transforms all who would enter therein. When we consider and learn from the wisdom gained in the lived experiences of women of color, our view of God's kingdom is both stretched, contextualized, enriched, and expanded. So let's listen to their voices as they move us beyond the stained glass ceiling. Well, our guest today is a very good friend of mine, Reverend Stacy Tillman Wilkins. Reverend Wilkins entered into formal ministry uh, when she received her call in 2013. She soon thereafter graduated from SMU with a Master of Art in Ministry. She is currently an ordained United Methodist Deacon and uh, working on her doctorate of ministry at U United Theological Seminary in Dayton, Ohio. Pastor Stephanie, as she is called by those who work alongside of her, now works in the area of social justice and community engagement. She is an associate pastor at St. John's Downtown United Methodist, which was co-founded by Dr. Rudy and Pastor Juanita Rasmus in 1982. Pastor Stephanie has been involved in organizing with the Poor People's Campaign, Black Voters Matter, Pure Justice, which is a criminal justice reform advocacy group, and Houston Society for Change. She stays busy, you guys. She's always out there on the front lines. She is also a proud mother of two sons and a nana to six beautiful children. Please welcome to our broadcast today, Reverend Stephanie. How are you, friend? Thank you, my sister. I'm glad <laughs> to be here. How are you? I am great. I'm great. I just want you to kind of, I, I know I just read through your bio, but, uh, and, and I, and it was very, very much abbreviated. Um, but tell us a little bit about yourself, who you are. I know you're a native of Houston, right? I am. I'm a native Houstonian. And for those who know, um, I was born and raised in third ward, um, um, Herman hospital, lived at the intersection of Wentworth and Dowling before it was emancipation, went to all HISD schools. Um, I am a product of an HBCU, Morgan State. Um, I got my seminary degree, Master of Arts in Ministry at uh, SMU. So okay. yeah. And yeah. you told about my family already. So yeah, there's my loves. <laughs> they are my loves, yes. <laughs> oh, so awesome. Well, let's talk about that because one of the things I didn't mention is that before you actually entered into ministry, you had a very long, very illustrious career in the field of education. But in 2013, some things happened for you and you made a shift. So explain kind of how that came about. Well, yeah, I chuckle every time I think about it. Um, I was on a path to becoming a lifelong educator. I saw that as my ministry. 
And mm -hmm. so, and it was my ministry. Um, I worked with children, primarily underserved uh, children, anywhere from pre-K all the way up to 12th grade. And I had done that for a very long time in um, different roles. And one night I heard go out and I kept hearing it. Um, for those of us who are believers, you know, it, it's that still small voice that comes to you. And so I tried to interpret it as, oh, okay, I'll just go out and be more active. Okay. So mm -hmm. I got involved in every form of ministry there was at my church. I tried to be just, you know, the little busy little bee and it got louder and louder and louder and it was still go out. And so it took three years, sis. What? It took, it wow. took three years. Um, and I kept hearing, say yes, say yes. And when it got so loud one night in my room, it actually felt like someone was in my room saying, say yes. And I sat up and I said, okay. So I went to church. I shared with my pastor what I was feeling and what I was sensing. And um, through some discernment and working with um, some other pastors, my um, district superintendent, um, they helped me to understand that the go out piece was, as they call it, the uh, order of deacon. And so in the United Methodist faith, uh, order of deacon is one that's called to service, word, compassion, and justice. And when they explained that to me, that resonated in my spirit because mine has always been a life of service. And I show up as a person of compassion. And, and when I see injustices, it, I just can't sit idly by. So yeah, it took me three years to finally say yes, because God's yes is a whole lot louder than my no. <laughs> well, let me ask you about that. Cause that's, that's interesting that um, you kind of went through that, that process of discernment, because that's one of the things when within um, Christians for biblical equality, we talk about really understanding um, the ways that you are shaped and formed by God and that God has shaped you in particular ways to do particular things, um, mm -hmm. that God calls us into roles, not based on gender, but based on gifting. Yes. So um, as you were, as you were feeling this leading into service and um, really uh, giving yourself in, in that way, um, I always say that you can look back over your life and you can see how you've been shaped for that all along. So I'm kind of curious, what were the, the factors in your life as you were growing up that kind of shaped your mind to, 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 you know, have that kind of leaning for towards service? Well, uh, I can pretty much sum that up with one word. Uh, my mama, <laughs> <laughs> my mother was I love it. A very spiritual, uh, very giving individual. And me being an only child, uh, wherever she went, I had to go. And so right. my mother's I understand world, that. Right. My mother's world was um Bible study because in those days they were not given opportunity to preach. I really think if they had have affirmed my mother, I think my mother would have been. A preacher, but she um, gave her gift in the way that she could. And so that was in missionary work, that was in Bible study. And so we were the people, you know, bringing the food to the, the sick and the shut in. We were the ones, you know, I'm, I'm hearing my mom on the phone making phone calls. And, and so just understanding that really service is how you 
in a sense, show gratitude because you can't mm -hmm. earn um, anything with God. You just show gratitude for the love that God shows you. And so as God gave it to her and I was watching that, I could see her giving it to other people. And so she was my model um, for service mm -hmm. and just for teaching. My mother was a lifelong educator. It was on the job she ever had. She did it for 55 years. Um, so I still teach. It's just my arena and the people mm -hmm. has shifted. So it's not as big a shift as I thought it would be. And that was my hesitancy. I had only seen the few women preachers, the only women that I'd seen, they were preachers. And it's not that I can't preach, but that's not the um, dominant thing that shows up. Mine shows up in the way of compassion, walking with people. So I've, I've done three years as a chaplain at Houston Methodist. Um, mm -hmm. I've, I've been in situations where you, you, where life has been interrupted for people. And so to me, Jesus is the model for that because Jesus didn't right. run away from the trouble. Jesus said, oh, okay, there's something going on over here. Let's go over there. And so to me, I feel like that it is, it's, if we're going to talk about theology, I guess it's what someone gave me, a professor gave me. They said it is an embodied theology. It's not hey. separate. It's, 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 it's in me. It, it is just how I see and how I move. God is in me, with me, for me. And so I, I move in that direction. I love that. Yeah, I love that. So when you, um, so let's talk about you pivoting into um, this space uh, of being being in a um, in in sacred space, right into the church world, away from the education. Were were you surprised or by um, the differences in how things were ran, uh, organized, uh, roles that women had, or, or was it an easy transition? Did you find that? what you had done in as you were working in the field of education provided you with skills as you moved into the church? I would say um, the leadership roles that I held in education helped me to understand the different personalities, okay. but the um, understanding the language. See, I come from a, what I call Method Baptist background. <laughs> so <laughs> one half of my <laughs> was Baptist. <laughs> And the other half was African Methodist Episcopal. So okay. I had the merging of that. And so there's not to me that much different difference in how Baptist and African Methodist Episcopal people operate. And mm -hmm. so going into United Methodist world, mm -hmm. I accepted my call while I was uh, United Methodist. That was the shift. It was, it was a difference in how people did things. It was even different in how they... You know how we are about, I think it's cultural. We are call and response type people. You know, you mm -hmm. say something good, we say, amen. Okay, all right, preach. I would go into some spaces where I was told that they saw that that you were interrupting or being disrespectful when you did that. Um, and mm. so I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> I, I learned how to... Uh, read the room, but I would, I've never not been myself. Um, so to get back to the essence of what you're asking me, 
the difficulty, the, the biggest difficulty for me was seminary in learning the language of the theologians, um, in getting into the history of it. Mm -hmm. um, just yeah, trying to find, trying to merge what they were saying to me with what I was feeling. And I'm forever, I have to say, there's a professor that saved me from quitting seminary because mm -hmm. they were speaking on such a high level. And I just felt like I was, you know, had been dropped down into a whole nother world. And I just had not yet learned the language. And so uh, Professor Marin Duke, she's no longer at SMU, but we sat and we had a one-on-one -on -one and she said to me, you have great insight. She said, it, it is obvious that you're called by God. She said, but for everything that anybody says, for all the books, for all the papers, she said, all roads lead to Jesus. I jumped straight up. I was like, it was like it got lighter and brighter in the room. You know, I, I felt a quickening in my spirit. <laughs> and it was enough because that was the way I was thinking. I was saying to myself, you know, but, you know, I know God is love. I know that Jesus is my savior. I'm a co-ever. You know, I was thinking on a very organic level. Um, and she helped affirm that for me until I was able to learn the language, learn mm -hmm. the ways of being and doing. And that's the way it is with anything. When you go into a setting, you just have to kind of learn how to navigate, but never lose yourself. Always keep yes. who you are intact. Because yes. who God called me to be is just for me. The way right. that I show up is the way God would have me to show up. And I had to um, know that within myself. Um, so once that's I got good. that, once I got that, I was good. That's good. And I, I think that's really important for us to hear. We have listeners, um, Stephanie, that are all over the world and women who are facing um, uh, just, you know, various kinds of, th they're breaking ground, you know, they're just, they're breaking ground where they are. And so they're facing all kind of oppression. Mm -hmm. And so learning to understand how to navigate in those situations and always, uh, but, but always keeping your eyes focused on God and the, and, and the confidence that um, you are following God's will yes. as you're moving into these spaces and standing, you know, standing in truth in those spaces uh, to be, to be one who's bringing the love of God, right. Who's exhibiting the love of, of, of God and the, um, compassion of God. Mm -hmm. So that's, that's awesome. Um, and so when we talk about compassion, um, I, I, this is how I met you as an activist. Um, <laughs> we, were, yeah. we were, I think at the Capitol and we um, uh, speaking up about some of the uh, legislation that was being um, put forth at that time in Texas. But one mm -hmm. of the things when you and I talked, you know, you were very, um, you were very resolved in the fact that you believe that this work that we do, uh, even as activists, is holy work. It's yes. holy work. So help me help us understand how your your theology informs that um, aspect of your life. Um, for me, I'm, I'm going to keep it simple because yeah, we could talk seminary talk, but no. Uh, we're going to keep it simple. I understand God as um, the great I am, sovereign, um, love, 
Some people call him Yeshua. Some people call him whatever the word is, the source, the light, the one, love, love unconditional. It, it, it is what moves me. And so if God is love, and I believe God is love, and I also know the commandment that Jesus gave, that you love God first, but you also love your neighbor as yourself. Mm -hmm. So to me, that is the basis for everything that I do, because also in Matthew, it talks about the, um, separating people based on how they show up. Whatever you've done for the least of these, my brothers and sisters, you've done it unto me. So that which you don't do, then you also, you are harming me. So I understand from the Old Testament and the New Testament, we're not to do harm. We're not mm -hmm. to do harm. And so for me, again, Jesus is my model. If Jesus to me was walking among us now, we might call Jesus a first responder, okay? Because Jesus mm. wasn't waiting mm. on the meeting. He wasn't waiting on the committee. He wasn't, right. you know, trying to, you know, weigh the risks, you know, versus if someone's in trouble, someone is in need, that's where we're going. And so there are different groups that want to try to say, well, what are you doing in political circles? Well, you're putting moral issues in mm -hmm. political circles. So I'm going to go there because that's where you're fighting this fight. So I need to help you to try to connect to your integrity, to reconnect with your morality, because there are legislations, there are bills, there are things that are so egregious and harmful to people. And I'm like, I don't really, be quite honest with you, sis, I don't understand why there are not more people running toward mm -hmm doing those types of things we 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 all have a voice whether we realize it or not so right. it is based on my love of first of all thankful that god loved me first enjoying the podcast take our survey and help shape the future of mutuality matters check the show notes below for the link or go to cbe.today forward slash pod survey And mm -hmm. then because of that, my commandment is to love my neighbor. Well, who is my neighbor? Everybody, even those who are not easy to love. Mm -hmm. I, I don't love them in and of myself. I love them with the love of Jesus. So it is an unconditional agape type of uh, a love. It's not a love, you know, I don't have to like how you show up, but mm -hmm. I, don't, I don't wish you any harm. I don't wish anyone any harm. But if you come to me, uh, yeah. I'm a speaker. <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, and, you know, if again, talking about as we go to the scriptures, the scriptures tell us that we we have a call to action, right? To speak up for those who cannot speak for themselves, to speak sure. up for the rights of the destitute. I mean, it's as plain as day. There's no, it's not veiled in that statement. There's clear direction in our scriptures that um, how we live um, in our in our spiritual life, it should be reflected even in public spaces. Mm -hmm. So um, and I, you don't have to ordain to do it. There are a lot of people who want to say, well, you know, why didn't he go here? Why didn't this church, you know, well, okay, we're all ministers. We all minister. If you're in your home, you're ministering to those in your house. If you're on your job, you can see yourself doing ministry at your job, wherever you are, if you are a believer and you are seeking to live out the word, okay? A lot of people read it, 
but are you seeking to live it out? And I'm not trying to beat anybody over the head with it because as I interpret the Bible, that's how I live it out. I'm not trying mm. to shame anybody, but all I'm saying is we there are a lot of people who are out there blaming and they're not even connecting. They're, they're not even showing up to vote. They're not mm. showing up uh, with the, the thing that we as those who are black, because it's a social construct to be sure, but those who are assigned the race of black, okay, our ancestors, what they went through to get us the right to vote. And now there are people who are sitting back and saying, you know, why should I vote? Because mm -hmm. your very life depends on it. That's why. That's why until we can figure out something better, you've got to get in this fight in order to change it. So if you, you don't like how things are going with either of the parties, get involved. Get in the fight. Because we're dangerously close mm, very to losing so. our right to vote. It's just, yeah. it's just that crucial. No, so, that yeah, was, I'm we, sorry, we, I'm, I'm, I know that so that much. is your passion I'm and I love down. it and <laughs> I am... I'm usually right beside you in, in all of these yes, activities. Yes, <laughs> but, but no, no, no. But let me okay, ask you this, though. I've, I've, um, I've been looking at some studies that have been talking about since the pandemic, post-pandemic life now, there has been a, mm -hmm. um, a revitalization, let's say, in our younger people who are interested in learning about Jesus, interested in knowing Jesus. Um, but there's still a little hesitancy, there's still a little, um, uh, what, what shall we call it, suspicion around organized church. So as we think mm -hmm. about that, because I know you have some young folks in your life, um, how, how mm -hmm. what, what can we tell them from, particularly just as your perspective, just what you've learned in life and, and your experiences in life, what, what, what can we, what can we give to those young people to kind of help them uh, navigate at this time? Uh, the first thing that I had to learn was that um, the church was filled with human beings. Okay. Um, flawed imperfect um, human beings. Everybody is in different places in their walk with the Lord, but a lot of times it is in those church spaces mm -hmm. that people have been damaged and hurt. Um, they've been judged, um, dealt with harshly. I've seen it. I've seen it. I've, I've, I've heard it. Um, I'm thankful I'm not in that space now uh, at St. John's, um, but what I would say to anybody who's searching, if you find yourself in a spot, in a place where someone is mean or rude to you, try your very best not to take it personally, even though it feels personal. Usually people operate mm. out of what's going on inside of them. Don't see the church as, don't see the building as um, perfect because each of us has the Holy Spirit indwelling in us. And so we are the church. Seek godly counsel, somebody you trust. Mm -hmm. Pray. Always. 
pray and ask God to give you the discernment and the wisdom. But I also would say for those of us who are in ministry, stop trying to look at numbers. We're always talking about membership. We're always talking about those things. And we are called to disciple. So that to me is more so about being with someone as opposed to telling them something. Uh, you can win people over mm. with how you treat them. Your life has to reflect something that is attractive. We don't go run into anything that is negative and harsh. If you're wondering why they're sitting back, you've got to, we've all got to check ourselves. We've got to do inventory with ourselves. How am I showing up? How sometimes, you know, we is, you know, we can look at you and never say a word and let you know whether we approve or disapprove. We've got to understand that we don't save anybody. The word says, if I be lifted up, then I'll do the drawing myself. So case in point, let me give you one personal example. I'm speaking to someone mm -hmm. who is unchurched and they're trying to figure this out. They keep showing up and I start to, I'm noticing this person showing up, sitting on the back row. Holy Spirit, thankfully had me to walk over there. Hi, how are you? I introduced myself, you know, thank you for being here. We hope to see you. And we have, now we're talking months and they share that they have been raised in a home mm -hmm. that God is not a factor. Okay. Mm -hmm. But this person keeps showing up. So that lets me know right then and there, this person is curious. They're hungry. They're looking for something. Now, am I going to go in there and start having Bible study with them? Am I going to start reading scripture to them and telling them, you've got to do this and you've got to do that? Now, now you think about how it was with you when you were a certain age, when your parents tried to make you do something, even if it was right to do. Depending on how they delivered it to you, you either said, okay, I'll consider that. Or you made up in your mind, I'm not doing that. But out of respect, you didn't say anything. You just went about your business. So we're having a conversation. And all I can do is tell you when you ask me, I say, ask me a question. Ask me any question you want. And we've had deep conversations about how I have seen God active in my life. How I've seen Jesus in my life. And so you, you, you can't argue that. If I'm telling you mm -hmm. from my own personal experience, okay, I'm not going to the Bible and saying, you know, all of this. That comes in time. Some are going to plant. Some are going to water. But God's going to have to increase over it all. We've got to learn. We've got to go back to supporting, encouraging. When people are hurting, right. they don't need you to judge them. They need to know the love of yeah. Christ. And isn't that what Jesus did? Jesus told that woman to go and sin no more. He who is without sin, cast the first stone. We, we, I think sometimes we talk at them too much as opposed to just journeying with them and, and yeah. listening because they're very profound. I yeah. love and talking you know, to people younger than I me. Find they are, they, that, um, they activism, I find, too, that speaking of activism, I find, too, that one of the things that will, will, will also attract them when it comes to looking at church and understanding God is when they mm -hmm. see us active in the world, when they see us out in the world caring. Um, I'm, I'm always amazed when I hear, they'll say, 
wow, I, you know, uh, our, our social justice ministry does quite a you know bit in the community, just like you guys. And, um, and so sometimes when we're out and we're getting to interact with the, with folks and, and, and they're, and they're amazed and it's like, it shifts whatever their image of church, you know, this formalized church that whatever, for whatever reason, they may have some, again, some suspicion, but when they see uh, people active, people actually, like you said, showing love to others and being out there, that thing seems to really um, open their eyes about, okay, well, maybe this is how, um, how, this aligns better with my thoughts about who God is and who God calls us to be, right? Yes. Yes, I agree with you wholeheartedly. And I'm, that's why I'm thankful to be appointed as St. John because mm. it is love in action. It is love in action. It is wherever you are, you are wow. sacred. You have worth. Yes. You're treated with dignity. Okay. No, no, no matter what your condition, no matter what your situation. And so then you, you help people because how mm -hmm. am I going to preach to you and you hungry? You need something to eat and you can hear me. And after you get something to eat, to be able to cleanse yourself, to wash yourself, everybody wants to feel a certain way. Everybody should be able to feel clean inside and out. Everybody should be spoken to and looked at with love right. because it could be me it could be you just because you're not there today we don't know what their condition was we don't know what their situation was that brought them there and so i'm i'm so grateful that god has put me in this space where we talk about the least the last and the lost and that is to me love in action when you walk with someone, not above them, not, not judging them, not being harsh with them, but just walking with them. How, how can I serve yeah. you? How can I support yes, you? Yes, it is. That's yes, it love. is. And for those who That's don't love. know, St. John's um, here in Houston has an incredible, incredible ministry. Um, and, it, and it's not separate from the church. It is, it is who they are, uh, where they minister to those who are homeless in Houston, and it, and I and I don't because it's not a step. It is part of the identity of the church. This church is there to serve yeah. this group, and uh, it is beautiful. The love, yeah, to love, the, love. And, um, the respect <laughs> that is shown. Uh, that's part of what happens there is to to see humanity respected, even when. Um, maybe we're not at our best place in life, you know, but there's that you still are due respect and you're due love. Well, I cannot believe we are already yes. at our time. Um, <laughs> it goes too fast. I'm oh, no, 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 it's so <laughs> good. It's so good. I, I did want to, uh, well, you talked a little bit about some of the activism. I wanted you to just uh, briefly talk about some of the work that you've done with the Poor People's Campaign and some of the other areas that you've worked in um, as, as again, uh, you know, I was very attracted to the Poor People's Campaign as a moral campaign. Uh, so uh, maybe just talk about that just right. a little bit and then we'll close out. 
Well, I was very, very fortunate um, to uh, just, I guess, be chosen. Uh, I just happened to be at the right place at the right time. And uh, it was at that clergy rally we had gone to in Austin and did not know that there were uh, organizers there from the Texas Committee of the Poor People's Campaign. And they, I guess they saw me doing what I was doing and being who I am. And so they um, asked me would I go for a meeting and I went to the meeting and I met uh, uh, Reverend Dr. William Barber and um, aligning with that committee, we were able to bring um, right. a walk from Georgetown. Do you remember we, uh, we did just to shine a light on the oppressive bills that were taking place. And so we um, did a caravan walking from Georgetown to Austin and um, have since gone to D.C. Um, to uh, fight for women's rights as women to make decisions for ourselves. And so um, that has been some very sacred work. I have since uh, segued into Black Voters Matter. Um, and so that's about the voter registration and the voter education. Um, uh, Pure Justice, I'm now a part of that organization, and it's about criminal justice reform. Um, just yes, humanizing yes. what's going on. Not everybody that's in jail is guilty. And some are in there because they yes. cannot afford bail. And so we're just trying to humanize and, and support and advocate for those who are not able to advocate for themselves. And so I'm thankful. I'm, I'm grateful to God that, that God feels Amen. like I Amen. Can be well, abused. you know, I always close out my segment by asking um, my guests, who do you, because you've already kind of answered your understanding of God as God is love, but who, oh, and so with that understanding, who do you believe that God is calling us to be in this world today? There's a phrase in Latin, uh, imago Dei, in the image of God. And so with that, I believe that the call is just as new today as it was then to go out and to move as God would have us to move, to be the hands and the feet, to do the work, um, to show love, um, to do justice. Um, God is, I still say, God is love. Grace equals love. The, the grace and mercy that God showed, once you capture that, once you really get a hold of that, it propels you to move. And so I believe that anybody who identifies as a believer should have that yearning, that urge to in whatever way that is. And you don't have to go all out and, you know, run over every yeah. committee. Start where you are. Just start where you are. Look around. All right. And see well, thank you yeah. so much, Pastor Stephanie. She is such a wonderful, practical theologian, I say. And we have uh, really uh, enjoyed the time together. Thank you, um, listeners, for joining us today. And stay tuned to all of our brand new episodes that come to you weekly from the entire team of co-hosts. In the meantime, go to the show notes where you can learn how you can follow and support the new members of our podcast family. Be sure to follow CBE International on Facebook and Twitter. You can also go to our website, which is www.cbeinternational.org for even more content. Subscribe to our blog, 
magazine, and academic journal. Watch videos and listen to audio of past conferences and events. And you can go visit our bookstore where you can find a ton of talented authors and subjects that will enrich your faith and equip you to use your God-given talents in leadership and service to the gospel for all, regardless of gender, ethnicity, or class. Well, I am Dr. Angela Raven-Anderson. And I would like to thank Landon, our support tech, and the entire team of CBE International that makes this podcast possible. We are Mutuality Matters. Thanks for listening. The opinions expressed in CBE's Mutuality Matters podcast are those of its hosts and guests and do not purport to reflect the opinions or views of CBE International or its members or chapters worldwide. The designations employed in this podcast and the presentation of content therein do not imply the expression of any opinion whatsoever on the part of CBE concerning the legal status of any country, area, or territory, or of its authorities, or concerning the delimitation of its frontiers.